Hey, it's Tom. Welcome back to the Can of Boomers podcast. You know, as we deal with this pandemic, it's obvious that we need to take care of ourselves, exercise, eat right, get enough sleep. But what else can you do to deal with the daily annoyances of not being able to do what you want to do all the time? So my mind went to meditation and I've tried it before and always had a little trouble just trying to sit still. So I wanted to talk with somebody who could help me through that. And I turned to Stacey Mulvey, who has been on the podcast before to talk about yoga. And she also knows a lot about meditation. So glad to have her back. And uh, we talk about all things related to meditation. And Stacey leaves us with a short little ritual we can use when we wash our hands. And of course, we're, we're all still doing that a lot. We should be. So have a listen. I hope you like the show. Remember to look us up on Apple Podcasts and subscribe or Google Podcasts or come and see us at Cannaboomers.com with a K. Thanks. Enjoy the show. This is Let's Talk About Weed, the Cannaboomers podcast, CBD, microdosing, and all things related to medical cannabis for baby boomers. From San Diego, here's your host, Thomas J. Hey, it's Tom. Welcome back to the podcast. We've got Stacy Mulvey back. We talked about yoga the first time, and this time we're talking about meditation. How are you doing, Stacy? Good, Tom. How are you? Good. We're making our way through this pandemic, and uh, as everyone knows, it kind of feels like being under siege at times. So I thought that it might be a good time to visit the topic of meditation, and you're uh, pretty well grounded in that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's always a good time to think about uh, beginning a practice of meditation, but definitely, especially now, um, you know, it's the perfect time to get going with something that can bring you some peace and some calm because we, as we all know, the future is pretty uncertain right now and there's a lot to be uh, uncomfortable with and afraid of. So, so I'm, you know, definitely advocating for ways to bring calm into your life. Right. You know, I send out a weekly newsletter and I keep coming back to the themes of good diet, good sleep, exercise, and I think on top of that, maybe some time every day to ground yourself and just calm down a little. Right. Like those things that you just named are are basically like forms of self-care, right? And they're, you know, they're basic. And it's, I mean, they're good reminders, though. It's like, yeah, we need to notice what we eat. We need to make sure we're nourishing our bodies. We need to make sure we're getting rest and, you know, exercise. And then meditation would be another um, you know, like another tool in your toolbox of self-care for, you know, taking care of your consciousness and your mind, basically. Some of us have tried meditation and maybe not had the patience for it. So are there shortcuts to it? Are there aids to using meditation? Well, yes and no. Um, you know, there's, it's, it's tricky because, you know, once you start meditating, you you sort of let the idea of shortcuts um, fall away, and you realize there are um, there are no really sh real shortcuts to anything. But at the same time, um, you know, we live in a modern age where we can analyze like what meditation is, and and you know, like what the the objective is, to where you know we have knowledge and information that maybe you know like past. Um, you know, people that were meditating in the past, like maybe didn't quite realize. And so they, they, you know, started a practice to um, start meditating. Whereas now we can just download, download an app or, you know, attend a class, listen to a teacher um, or smoke cannabis, as we'll talk about um, in just a moment. But um, it might be helpful to kind of talk about what meditation is, just so everybody um, just can kind of like define it 
and then kind of go from there. There's there's meditation. There's the the practice of meditating. So that's that's like using techniques um, and and in, instituting a daily practice to basically enter a meditative state. So it's like you're directing your focus on something specific. Maybe it's usually it's the breath um, or an object or listening to a guided meditation using prayer beads. Like these are all techniques that, you know, sometimes they're ancient, sometimes they're modern, but they're basically techniques used to enter a state of meditation. And that state is really what um, the, the second thing is. So there's the, there's the practice. And then uh, the state of meditation is basically, it's a state of consciousness where our brain waves are essentially synchronized. And it's this expansive state of awareness. Um, it's calm, it's peaceful, it's, it's you know, it's um, this deep concentra concentration, it's a state of deep concentration and um, really calm attention. So it's also, you know, some spiritual people will attribute, you know, spiritual attributes to that state, like it's a state of harmony. So just to kind of go off those two things, like, okay, there's the practice and then that, pra those, that practice is used to enter the state. That makes a lot of sense. And it, it removes some of the mystique and the unknown about this. And, you know, when you talk about brainwaves being synchronized, there's a scientific underpinning to this. It's, it's not this woo-woo sort of thing. It's, okay, I'm going right. to train my brain to enter this kind of calm and quiet space. Exactly. And it's, it's good to recognize that because it does, you know, take away some of, um, you know, maybe there's a stigma, maybe someone's like, oh, I don't know if I, you know, I'm not, I'm pretty set with my spiritual beliefs. I don't know if I you know, really need to add anything. It's, it's, it can, we can approach it from a really practical um, standpoint and a really practical perspective of just, yes, it's, it's a state where our brain waves are um, synchronized where we can concentrate more clearly and bring awareness to our mental state, essentially. Um, which also kind of brings up the subject of mindfulness. <laughs> a lot of people, they're like, what's the difference with mindfulness and meditation? Um, so meditation, right, we talked about the state, the meditative state, and then um, the practice that we use to reach that state. That practice, it actually, once you start to implement a, a practice into your life of, of, you know, like with the goal of reaching that state of consciousness, what you're doing is you're cultivating the state of awareness where you're continually like training yourself to go back to, um, again, like, you know, whatever technique you're using. So you're like, okay, I'm coming back to the focus of my breath. I'm coming back to the focus of, my prayer beads or um, what have you, but doing that, it brings you into this, um, the state where you're sustaining your attention and you're not judging what's coming up. You're able to, you know, just continually observe what's happening. And that is mindfulness. And what happens is, is you, you learn that in the meditative practice, and then you can take that into your life. And so mindfulness is, is when you're, you're kind of calling back that 
that state that you were in as you were meditating and you're integrating it with, you know, doing the dishes or, <laughs> you know, talking to your family or like, aha, like you can kind of recall what it was like when you were meditating and say, you know, okay, this is, this, how can I, how can I kind of step back? How can I be aware of what's taking place in my mind as I'm, you know, going through my day-to-day -day reality? That's a really nice articulation of the benefits because, you know, a lot of times I've heard, okay, you can't approach meditation with a goal in mind. You have to just, as you say, accept it as a practice. But when you talk about achieving that state of mindfulness and then leaving and, and being able to come back to it, there's a lot of practical application for that. These days we get up and, and there's this day ahead of us. And maybe if you're like me, you look at Twitter and in 10 seconds, you're just either annoyed or enraged or or whatever state you're in, but it's not one of mindfulness. So making time each day to reach that state, I can see that there, as you say, there are real benefits to it, even after you do it. Yeah. And if there's a, you know, there's, it's funny. Like, I think a lot of us have this expectation of like, like you're saying, like looking at Twitter and <laughs> which I, I can um, emphasize with so strongly, <laughs> but um, you know, we get into this danger of thinking like, you know, I just wanted to, I want this to, I want to escape this. I want things to be like, I don't want to be angry and irritated anymore. Like, you know, maybe meditation will be like my salvation with that. I'll start meditating. So that won't happen. And the, the truth is that, you know, that doesn't, that's not necessarily the case. You know, you will always be human. You'll always be angry. You'll always have, you know, your emotional um, reactions to things, but um, what meditation starts to help you with is to, to gain some space from those emotional reactions and gain, a, gain, gain some perspective from the contents of your mind so that you're not controlled by them, where you can, you know, observe those angry reactions from almost, you know, it's, it's it's weird when you start talking about um, meditation and that sort of thing. It's like you're almost talking about an alternate version of yourself, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. Um, and it starts to kind of delve into the spiritual, but it's, you know, it's, it's like you, you can start to observe you, which also, which starts to beg the question of like, well, what's observing, you know, what, how, who's observing my mental state, which, you know, can <laughs> trigger a whole sort of, you know, a whole, a whole host of questions and, um, you know, as a cause for exploration, but um, without going into that, I just wanted to, to emphasize that it's not that meditation is like a way out or anything like that. It's like your life will still occur. Your emotions will still be present, but you will be able to, um, you know, with time and practice, you'll be able to start to get a little bit of space where it's like, aha, like that, this is where, this is where I feel angry. You know, this account that I'm looking at on Twitter, this is anger. I can identify this, you know, what do right. I do with this? <laughs> right. I mean, that's very, a very useful attribute to have is having an awareness of what your triggers are and then being able to deal with it in a way that is not self-destructive. Okay. I'm triggered. What am I going to do now? Right. I'm not consumed. It didn't ruin my day, you know, perhaps, perhaps I was able to see that and say, you know, Yes, I'm angry and still be able to move on and, you know, take care of what I need to take care of without that feeling of anger dominating, you know, my entire next hour. 
for example. Right. <laughs> Sometimes you're right to be angry and anger can itself be useful, but be aware of it at least. Yeah. Um, I also, yeah, or channel it, channel it in a healthy way. <laughs> yeah. Something popped in my head too. I mean, does it all, can it also open a window to gratitude, which if you don't acknowledge that you can have a lot, a whole constellation of negative feelings, but gratitude can open the door to a lot of positive things. Absolutely. I mean, gratitude, you know, is a state. If you can, if you can put your body or if you can, you know, kind of call in a feeling of gratitude into your body, it really, it does so much for you on the spiritual plane, but also on the physical plane, just to calm your nervous system. And um, it really, it really dissolves any negative feelings, like you're saying, like anger and anxiety and fear, you know, doing, there's a practice of um, anytime you feel uh, like, you know, again, just any of those negative feelings, like if you're feeling angry, you notice you're kind of in, uh, a state where you're in the maze, as I've, I've heard it called, where, you know, you're in this, like, ruminating state of, like, blaming, and you're in the, you know, victim, everything sucks, they suck, blah, 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 blah. If you can kind of catch that, which meditation can help you with, um, to be able to catch it, and to be able to notice when it's happening. But if you can, if you can halt that process, and turn to thinking of something you're grateful for, it's an immediate antidote to those negative feelings. And um, the trick is with that is to try to name five things that you're grateful for each time, like a new, <laughs> a new set of five um, every time, which is it's actually an amazing practice because, um, you know, being challenged to find five things that you're grateful for that you haven't already named, like that in itself kind of arrests whatever thought process you had going on where you're like, Oh, what am I, you know, I have to think of something. Yeah. <laughs> like, what am I grateful for today <laughs> that I haven't already named? Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that. <laughs> I've been there myself where I, I always default to, Oh, it's a beautiful day here in San Diego. And so let's talk about if you're ready to talk about cannabis and how this, how you could fit cannabis into your meditation practice. So cannabis what it does, um, you know, it's an entheogen where it opens us up to this expansive state of awareness along with other psychedelics. And it, you know, it's opening up the pathways of the brain. So just to kind of go back a little bit, like, so meditation, what you're doing is you're, every time we, you know, as we're experiencing life and we're going through, you know, we can't help but our brain starts to try to make sense of reality and things will start to create patterns and, and various pathways. And those pathways get carved out. They're like grooves that get carved out. Um, especially as we have negative experiences is when we, you know, maybe start to become aware or it's like, Oh, you know, one time something negative happens. And so <clears throat> when something similar happens, like we expect the worst or, you know, we go down this, um, this particular groove and it gets either reinforced or like we reinforce it because we're expecting the same thing again and again. And so, you know, our nervous system, while smart, it's, it, it kind of hinders, hinders us in that way to be open to, you know, something new. Um, with, with cannabis, we're, we're sort of taking a shortcut to that enlightened state where we're saying, okay, you know, we're, we're bypassing these, 
grooves that we've already carved out. We're going to go ahead and enter the state where our brain is at a, at a different state of consciousness. We just, you know, altered the state of consciousness. And now we've got um, more pathways that are open. And um, so we can, we can kind of reach that visionary um, you know, I don't know if it's a synchronous state of the brain. I don't, I, I can't speak to that specifically. Um, however, I do know that, the, you know, that you are opening up several different like neural pathways in your brain um, from, from cannabis and psychedelics. And so, so like I said, you're sort of bypassing that. So it's, you know, it's great to, and, and you know, if you're, if you're already, imbibing cannabis, you will, you already know that, you know, you've already kind of reached these, these, um, states of ecstasy, euphoria, um, expansiveness, you know, um, feelings of love and, you know, joy, compassion for your fellow humans, uh, human beings and animals, you know, we, um, as cannabis users, we we're aware of that state. The issue is a little bit and where meditation helps is that, the mind is fragile and we forget. So, you know, we enter these states of um, really, you know, wisdom where we're accessing wisdom that's beyond verbal often, uh, beyond like what we can verbally articulate. But we, we need to be able to ground that down and integrate it down into reality. You know, how, how do we pull those euphoric states and that understanding into okay you know like how do i take this into my day-to-day -day? and that's where meditation can help is it it, it kind of translates that 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 place where you're feeling the truth where you're feeling that wisdom down into where you can really know you know you can you can really know with your mind like i can i can now i can act you know and interact in my life with that knowledge that I accessed um, in, in that expansive state. Right. I guess I hear you saying, you know, we all subjectively know the feeling of, of being high and it's kind of a, a liberating, open feeling, but to be able to maybe pull it down a little and put a wrapper of, I don't know, discipline around it and say, okay, I'm using this as a, as a brain training exercise. So putting a little structure around the, the experience of, of being high. I guess so. I guess structure is um, a good word for it. I, I think of it as a practice. And it's, I mean, it's, and a practice is structure. The reason I'm sort of hesitant because I'm like, ugh, like I don't want, I don't want any like negative connotations with that, but it is, you know, it, it is a structure. It is a fact that we have, that we don't just exist on this, <laughs> you know, like euphoric plane at all times, unfortunately, you know, like we have to get, we, you know, we have to deal with our, our reality with the with disease and you know finances et cetera et cetera et cetera so um, so it is a way to you know take that wisdom that we're tapping into when we're high into something more grounded something more tangible that you know it's like you can take that that state and use it to to bring insight into your life, you know, into to where you are at, into how to, um, you know, not necessarily shift what you're doing, but to bring more awareness to how you're living your life. 
Maybe the the more trite way of saying it is cannabis can help you with out of the box thinking, but maybe you're yeah. enlarging the box. You know, you're you're not instead mm-hmm. of shrinking the box, you're enlarging it and making room for some other other aspects. Yeah, that's a great way to put that. Yeah, I mm-hmm. really like that. Yeah. So, do you use cannabis in your meditation practice? I do. I do use cannabis um, regularly, especially for my my mindful movement practice. So, you know, there are different ways. I, I mentioned before, there are lots of different ways you can meditate, and I really encourage people to find what works for them. You know, the the most common is to sit and be with your breath. And, you know, the thing is, that can be, that can be pretty tough uh, for the modern human, which is why that, that on its own is pretty good. But if you're, you know, if you're diving in, excuse me, and you're like getting ready to start, um, I recommend finding what works best for you. Because if you find something where you're like, I, this, I'm just so bored, I can't take this, I'm constantly, you know, interrupted, or I, you know, like what if something's not working, find something that does work because there's no, there's no wrong way to meditate. It really is. um, It really just comes down to stilling the mind and stilling the mind can be achieved through uh, movement. There there are a lot of, um, there's a lot of walking meditation that's out there. There's also um, prayer beads, the use of prayer beads, that's a kinesthetic reinforcement of, of a meditation where you're reciting a mantra and pulling beads through your fingers. So, you know, there, that's another form of movement. And for me, it's, you know, if you're doing yoga, that's where I really find meditation. And I do sit um, or lie down at, usually at the end of my practice to really completely relax my body and, you know, really, really enter that sense of stillness. And I do incorporate cannabis into that practice. Um, but I will say, you know, it's not, cannabis is not, what you start to find is that you are, you know, you are in fact activating your endocannabinoid system when you move and when you are meditating, you're, <clears throat> you're activating, um, you know, your body's ability to balance. And so you start to find that it's not necessary, but it certainly helps. It's certainly, it's certainly a great tool. If you can incorporate it, and you and you know and you feel like it's positive for you i say go for it um but it's not you can you can reach those states um you know without cannabis if if you so choose so yeah well you know a lot of us are kind of cooped up and for me i I like to get out and walk you mentioned walking meditation that's that's intriguing walking meditation i love um you can really get into a, a like a beautiful rhythm for me, I mean, that for me, that's what a, a walking meditation is about is, you know, like really like opening up. It's like you really open up your awareness um, larger. You kind of take in more and, you know, get into a pace and a rhythm with your breath and your, your legs. I mean, it's um, and you can really just get into a, a really deep trance. It's, it's pretty amazing. And especially, you know, if you can do it out in nature, I mean, it's, it's almost transcendent in a way, you know, how, how deeply and, um, oh, just how intimately nature takes you in when you're, when you're in 
a meditative trance like that and, and moving through. Um, it's really beautiful. So, so yeah, I really, I really do recommend walking meditations. <laughs> yeah. It sounds terrific, especially if you can find a trail where you're not bumping into other people who might not be wearing masks or. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The trick is with that is to, um, you know, because you will get interrupted is that the trick is, to use those interruptions as like little alarm bells to bring you back to your, your, um, your focus. So if you can see that you're like, okay, you know, oh, that person, <laughs> what are they doing? Then you can, you know, use that as your reminder to say, okay, wait, you know, what am I, what this is come back to the breath. I can stay with my breath. I can keep moving. You know, I can smile and move on <laughs> go right back to it. <laughs> but yeah. So like any kind of meditation, the key is be mindful of your breath as you continue to move and, and just return to that. Right. The key, the key with any meditation is to keep returning is really you're setting a duration of time. Let's say you're saying five minutes or it could be open-ended, but you're really deciding to, to still the mind and focus. So it can, you know, again, it's, it's typically the breath and that because that's something we all do, you know, we're all breathing in and breathing out and the mind will wander. Of course it does. That's what the mind does. But every time you're able to notice like, aha, my mind has wandered. You bring your focus back to your, you're continually like returning to the focus that you've selected for yourself with that meditation. Returning to cannabis, do you do edibles? Do you smoke or use a vaporizer? Do you pay attention to cultivar? What about sort of the administration of the cannabis? It's so hard to say. For me personally, what works for me personally might not work for another person. I I do not ingest edibles. I stick more to inhalation because I I I appreciate the ability to time when I'm going to be um, high and the length of time. And I just don't react as well to edibles. So I, I stick with inhalation and I would recommend people to, to have experimented with what works for them. Um, especially if you're going to use cannabis for a meditation practice to Stick to a, a cultivar that, you know, doesn't induce anxiety or cause any, you know, ill side effects for them. And, um, you know, and just kind of go with that. It's, it's hard to say, um, you know, like these certain cultivars versus other cultivars because it really is, I mean, cannabis is biphasic, right? It can affect one person one way and the exact same dose will affect another person like almost the opposite way so find what works best for you and and then go with that right i mean we often talk about test and learn and and go low and slow it makes uh, sense for me to hear that inhalation is kind of the preferred method because it's immediate you don't have to wait and you're able to kind of titrate your dose and and get to where you want to be faster than if you're kind of playing around with edibles yeah, um, <clears throat> edibles are 
edibles are like a class into themselves almost in my <laughs> my <laughs> mind. It's almost right. like a different drug um, just because of the effect that it has on me. But I know some people, you know, for some people, it's like they're, that's their thing. So I really think it depends on the person. And, you know, just like the meditation practice will be different. Some people will love to, you know, use beads and, and use prayer beads and that works for them and other people you know, like myself, I'm like, I need to move. Like that's, you know, sitting there, it's just not my thing. I mean, that actually means I, sh I probably should get better at sitting there, but I have a hard time doing that unless I've been able to move first. <laughs> so, you know, so I've got to, I've got to do, I've got to support my own body, <laughs> my own consciousness. Um, and so I encourage people to do that with cannabis too. You mentioned apps. Uh, there are some apps out there. I guess mainly they're going to be about guided meditation, right? Right. There's some great apps. There's the Sam Harris app. I'm uh, waking up. There's also one called Insight Timer that has a lot of like beautiful, it's a, it's a timer. It has a lot of beautiful chimes and it's nice because it tracks your meditation session. So that's kind of nice if you, you know, if, um, just just for kind of experimenting and having you know like something something really like beautiful and um and calm and then there's the app calm um headspace there are different programs i talked about brain synchronization there are different programs that involve brain entrainment where they'll play different frequencies in your headphones to <laughs> to synchronize your brain and life flow is is one such program that I've tried that I recommend. So any you know any of those apps are actually you know definitely give them a try because it's you know it's just another pathway into you know calming the nervous system and stilling the mind. The only thing I do say um, I just like to point out is to really go with your own intuition or like really just trust yourself and what feels best and like the most productive for whatever, you know, whatever you're doing, there's a saying, um, like if you meet the Buddha on the road, kill him, uh, which sounds sort of harsh, but it's like, it really, the meaning is like, you know, you, there's no, there's no guru outside of you. Like you be your own guru. So, you know, you, you don't, you're not going to meet the Buddha. Like you are the Buddha and what you're doing with your meditation practice is you're cultivating that state of Buddhahood for you. And so that, that's, um, that's the most important part as far as like figuring out what technique that you um, are using to reach that state of meditation. And it's also important to remember that the techniques themselves, like don't ever mistake the technique for the state that you're reaching like that's not the point um you know because we can kind of like attach to like okay this is what i do and now this is you know you kind of you forget that like it's that you know the the, the method that you're using is not actually the point of what the meditation experience is it's it's reaching that meditation level and then letting the technique fall away you know everyone has their own way of getting there so um, and really just, yeah, really just experiments with it. And one thing I like to, um, like a little thing, I have a little thing, if that's okay, <laughs> as a, um, like a mini meditation that people can do. So when our nervous system is 
and when our when we're in the fight or flight mode of our nervous system, and which is happening a lot right now, uh, we're in this constant state of hypervigilance. You know, the news keeps streaming in. Although luckily now we're at like the beginning of May, the constant stream of headlines, you know, the bombardment has slowed a little bit. I mean, it's still happening, but it seems like it's like evened out to be like the same level of a crisis. <laughs> every time so we're all kind of getting lulled into the state but the lull is like you know we're at this like high state of awareness and that's you know actually a pretty uh negative state or potentially adverse state for our body to be in for our health because we're under constant stress high levels of cortisol so what we want to do is try to activate our our parasympathetic sorry our parasympathetic nervous system and there are a couple of ways that we can do that. And um, so what I started to do is like a mini meditation to activate these three ways that I'll give you is to do it while, while I'm washing my hands. So it's like this little minute, mini meditation. We're doing something we all should be doing. And it's like you're taking this little uh, chunk of time for yourself to, to calm down. So what you'll do is like while, while you're washing your hands, Take three slow breaths, and what you want to do is emphasize the exhale. So you're inhaling, and then if you really emphasize the exhale, by the third one, your, your parasympathetic nervous system, where it's, it's no longer fight or flight, it's... Um, the opposite. I can't think of the other little term, but <laughs> um, it's like the the calm. Like you're ready. You know, your your breathing is regulated. Um, has been activated. Um, and another way to do that, besides the three slow breaths, is to look out of your peripheral vision. So you can be focusing on your hands, taking your three slow breaths, and start to see out of your peripheral vision. That's another way. So if you're, you know, you're looking at the sink, you're kind of like, you can start to see whatever space you're in around you. You're like seeing objects in the peripheral. And then, um, which is kind of, is a, excuse me, it's a really cool trick to realize like, ah, if I'm ever in a, excuse me, if I'm ever in a stressful situation, you can start to see in the peripheral and it takes you out of that fight or flight mode. Um, and then the third little tip that will, take you out of fight or flight um, is to start objectively naming objects in your environment. So an example of that would be, you know, my computer is on the desk. The wall is painted white. My water bottle is full of water, right? And you just either going through and you're naming these objective facts in your environment doing that also takes you out of that that like hyperactive state so um so yeah so like i think that's a good thing to do while you're washing your hands even if you don't feel like you're stressed just go in and um just make sure that you're not these like little like tips and it's easy because it's you know it doesn't involve anything other than like the 20 seconds <laughs> of of you washing your hands by the time you're done you'll be 
reset. You'll be mentally and emotionally reset and you'll have clean hands, which we all need these days. So <laughs> you're good to go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's a nice little ritual and, you know, a way to kind of interrupt the pattern. Like you said, we're all on high alert and the cortisol is coursing through our bodies. And yeah, it's it's a way to just interrupt that flow of, of negativity and reset. So that's really nice. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And I did also want to mention how another benefit of meditation, since we're talking about that, um, another benefit of, of meditation and yoga is that they've actually um, done studies where a brain region that's involved in emotional processing for um, for emotions like fear and aversion and and an unpleasant stimuli, uh, stimuli over time meditation and yoga will actually decrease that section of the brain so you'll you're actually sort of uh, reducing your brain's capability of of feeling fear, uh, which of course you'll always still be able to, to, you know, feel fear, but you're going to decrease that like overactive, um, part of your brain. So it's less and less in control of, of your reality. And so that's a literal thing. That's a huge benefit. Um, yeah. So you're not, not living in that state. So being more intentional, spending time, just being quiet and not letting fear drive you so much. Right. And, you know, it's tough, though, to say like, oh, you know, go sit down and don't be afraid. You know, it's not <laughs> understand that that's, you know, I know that that's a lot to take on. Um, when you get into something that's a practice, what's important to remember is the practice, you're going to have stumbles, you're going to have days where, you know, you're like, I didn't, I just, I was pissed off the whole time I sat there. You know, I didn't nothing, I didn't feel anything. But I took, I sat there for 10 minutes. And you know, was annoyed or was afraid or what have you. Like the, uh, the key to a practice is to do it again, you know, and just keep at it and to recognize that there are, that there's a rhythm to the, you know, to the, the, the achievements, if you will, or the breakthroughs that you make along the practice. So you'll feel like you're getting better and then you'll have a big dip where it feels like, okay, I, I'm actually backtracking. It's not working. I don't know. You know, I, I could, you know, and then it'll start to bump up a little bit and you'll start to plateau and then you'll, but it'll be higher than it was like the last time where you were sort of plateauing. And then you'll reach a point where you dip down again and then you'll come back up and plateau. And over time of the, with the practice, you know, it wasn't, it's not a, like a, a straight line up. It's not like, Oh, all I did was just, you know, improve and everything's great now. It takes it takes diligence and repetition and practice <laughs> to to maintain a practice. But in that practice, like once you've established that pattern and you have that pattern, you know, it's again, it just it just gives you the structure, gives you this framework to really face to face your, your day to day, to observe the contents of your mind and to make different choices, you know, with, um, the, with the different things that life is like constantly throwing at you. Right. So, um, yeah. Yeah. A nice ritual to return to and having faith that it does benefit you and that you're getting something out of it without loading the expectations on that, you know, you're going to reach every goal faster than ever. <laughs> so you're exactly that you're taking care of yourself. 
you know, if you look at it as like, this is what I do to take care of myself and my mind and my emotions. Um, I think that's a really good way to frame it. And yes, remove the expectations because that, that is part of the key um, of meditation is to start releasing those attachments, releasing your attachments to the contents of your emotions and your, your thoughts. Well, that's really useful. You, you've given us a lot of tools. We, we talked about, you know, the benefits of meditation and about how cannabis might help you in your practice. We talked about some of the apps available and you gave us a nice ritual to try when we're washing our hands that uh, I think I'm, I'm in, I'm definitely in, I'll, I'll be doing that. I want to thank you for taking the time and say, is there anything we haven't covered that we should? I think we've covered everything. Thank you, Tom. I really appreciate, you know, being able to do this and speak with you. It's always a pleasure. Also, if we can tell people where to find you online. Yes, uh, I'm at Marijuasana. That's M-A-R-I-J-U-A-S-A-N-A, Marijuasana.com. And Marijuasana, really on every social media network <laughs> you can imagine, if you, if you search for Marijuasana, I'm there. Um, and Stacy Mulvey, of course, that's, you know, you can link with me personally, but my, my brand is Marijuasana. Okay, very good. Well, thank you for sharing your expertise again. Great to have you back on the show. And uh, we'll be trying this and uh, maybe we'll have you back on again. I would love that. Thank you so much, Tom. You've been listening to Let's Talk About Weed, the Cannaboomers podcast with Thomas J. For more on medicinal cannabis for baby boomers, visit us at cannaboomers.com.